Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. Into that, to know that you live in us. And now your spirit wants to come upon us. <laughs> See, we all have the Holy Spirit. Oh, but sometimes the power of God needs to come upon us. And we invite you now, Holy Spirit, come. <laughs> come, Holy Spirit. Rest upon us. <laughs> that he may be glorified. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to just share a few words. Um, so that gentleman at the back in the uh, um, checked black and white uh, shirt, maybe could you just stand up? I just, uh, earlier I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, he just wanted to affirm you in a, in a sense of belonging. He wants you to know you belong. And I just saw like that he was going to knit you in with a community in increasing measure. I think maybe you've walked a bit of a, a path and you've been wondering, you know, Lord, what are you calling me to? I, I actually believe there's an evangelistic call on your life. I believe you're passionate for God and, and that that actually has waned a little bit because of some disappointments and some tensions uh, in, in family life. So I, I don't know if that means anything to you, but the Lord says to you today, you belong that you are blessed and he wants to take you deeper into a blessing, a deeper into a sense of family and fellowship. And I wonder if, could we just lay hands on you and just, just pray? Let's just lay, just lay hands and just, Lord, so we pray, uh, Lord, for that sense of belonging. We pray, Lord God, if there's been any uncertainty as to where he belongs Lord, if there's been tensions, we, ju we just declare that null and void and now, and we just release you in Jesus' name. We just release you into the new things that God, the new season that God wants for you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Just thank you, Lord. And then, um, uh, Carol, where's Carol? Carol. <laughs> I just also felt um, the Lord wanting to just let his living waters flow into you. I, I just saw that you were absolutely thirsty for more and that it had been quite a dry place for you and that uh, the Lord is here, you'll cry in the night. And uh, I just want to just pray for you now. I just want to just pray for that refreshing in Jesus' name. Just more, Lord, more, Lord, more, just more, just rest. I just saw him resting upon you and saying he wants to release living waters. I think you, you've become very worn out. And uh, the Lord wants to lift you up. Is that a sense that you've had? Been crying out for the Lord? Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and that lady over there in the black. <laughs> so, um, maybe you can just stand up. And again, I just had a, a sense of the, of, of the Lord showing me that you're an amazingly gentle woman. Amazingly gentle woman. That you had such a love about you, such a, a fragrance. The Lord said she has such a fragrance of Jesus about her. And I saw, just saw the fragrance of God spreading from you, especially to children. Um, I don't know if you work with children or if you have a heart for children, but I just sense that God wants you to be open to children and open to show the gentleness of God. So maybe we can just pray for her just for that. Just, just Lord, just release that gifting. Lord, and just believe that you want to just establish relationships. 
Maybe that gentleness has been, has caused some tearing in relationships. And I just pray for release in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks. Does that mean anything to you? Okay, good, good. Um, and there was another young, that young gentleman in the, in the white. Can you just stand up? <laughs> so I just felt the Lord, like I just saw you returning to the Lord um, in a deeper way. I believe there's been a lot of tensions. I had a picture of you being torn apart in many ways, like, or tensions. Things were, many different things were trying to grab your attention. A lot of them um, of, of kind of like of the world and the Lord saying, don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are. I believe also there's a call on your life to, to actually share the gospel amongst young people. And you might not feel like that now, and you might kind of be saying, Lord, where are you? Um, but the Lord's calling you, and he's going to put his hand on you, and you're going to enter into a deeper love affair with Jesus. I saw like a, a, a he reminded me of the bride of Christ, how there's such an intimate love affair with the bride of Christ. And I believe the Lord wants to do that in your life. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> So I hope those things are helpful. I know there were a few other words that I had for some people, but I don't want to go on too long. So <laughs> I want to get to the good news of the, of the gospel, the power of the gospel. That's what I was asked to preach on today. And uh, Romans 1.6, um, we all know this. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's a power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness is by faith from the first to the last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So we know the word gospel means good news. And we are preachers of good news. You know, it's, it's room over people. It's very easy to find fault with people, find fault with the word and, uh, world and be negative. But we are actually preaching the good news that comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is good news. Okay, it's the good news that everybody needs to hear. We call news that everybody needs to hear. We call to proclaim that good news. We, we, we declare the good news. We, we, we don't remain silent. We, we cannot help ourselves but to declare the good news. And the world needs good news out there. And good news is powerful, people. Good news of what Jesus has done on the cross is, is amazingly powerful. <laughs> And, whew, sorry, it's just fire, man. <laughs> sure, Lord, I just pray for that fire <laughs> just to come. <laughs> See, it's fiery. When you think about Jesus, you, <laughs> I get fiery, you know, like as I'm praying now, it's just like fire's on my back, you know. <laughs> and, oh, Lord. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking about Jesus is good news and it's also joyful news. Okay, the, people ask me, Gary, why are you laughing all the time? Well, laughter is a natural expression of joy. And when I think about Jesus and I think about his kingdom and I think about the Father's love for me, I get so joyful. You know, that, that's, that's what flows out. The fruit of the Spirit, one of them is love and then joy. And you know, when I know God's love for me, as Richard just said, we return to our first love, which is his, not our love for him, but his love for us. It's a joyful thing. To know that no matter what I do, no matter where I am, nothing can separate me from that love of God. Man, that makes me joyful. <laughs> it makes me joyful. And we're called to witness to that joy of knowing Jesus. 
See, we are his witnesses. You know, we're not all evangelists, but we are his witnesses. We're called to testify to his goodness in our lives. And um, I've got a, a really good friend of mine here. He's going to share a testimony just now of, of the transforming power of the fire and presence of God in his life. And uh, um, so, so we want a personal testimony. We want to know personal testimonies. You've heard my testimony, how the Holy Spirit just fell upon me one day in an Anglican church of all places. <laughs> Charismatics hate that, you know. How can he do that in an Anglican church? <laughs> but he did, and I got saved. And uh, that fire of God just came upon me, and it totally changed my life. I went from being a hard-headed property developer a legalist of note to, to a guy that laid down all that stuff and, and entered into his grace and his love. Changed my life. I'm sure I would have been dead today had I not had that experience because I was on the road to a heart attack, people. <laughs> I'm telling you. I used to get so uptight, so angry with everything. But that's the good news in my life. And I want to testify that and I want to plant seeds. See, we are all called to scatter seeds. We're all caught to plant seeds. It might just be at the gym. You just go up to someone and just say, God loves you. I think Rob Rufus's testimony was when he was a Hare Krishna, someone walked up to him in, in, in some Hare Krishna parade and just said to him, God loves you. And that was the start of a transforming power because once that seed of the gospel gets in someone, it's very hard to stop the Holy Spirit watering it and growing it. Amen. Carry the answer, which is Jesus. The new age with fire, with passion, with biggest struggles. And I don't know about you, but that's what I signed up for. Pointed in itself, but you know, vision of this off, you dust yourself off and you get on with it again. And you know, the wonderful thing in this church, you know, with Richard and Jules, the wonderful thing in this church, you know, with Richard and Jules and, and, and the others' vision of this new wine being poured out, there's an openness to the power of God. There's an openness to transformation into something more. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> hmm. see the power of the cross. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.17, the power of the cross. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.17, let not the cross be devoid of its power. There's 1.17, let not the cross be devoid of its power. There's power in the cross. Power about talking. Be devoid of its power. There's power in the cross. Power about talking about Jesus' finished work and sacrifice. There's power in the cross. Power about talking about Jesus' finished work and sacrifice on the cross for us. And about Jesus' finished work and sacrifice on the cross for us. And for those out there that don't know him. It's powerful. They don't know him. It's powerful, people. Don't underestimate that. You know, it's, it's not logical. Let me tell you something. There is nothing lawful, people. Don't underestimate that. You know, it's, it's not logical. Let me tell you something. There is nothing logical about the cross of Jesus Christ. Don't underestimate that. You know, it's, it's not logical. Let me tell you something. There is nothing logical about the cross of Jesus Christ that, that God should nail him. It's, it's not logical. Let me tell you something. There is nothing logical about the cross of Jesus Christ that, that God should nail himself on a cross. Of Jesus Christ, the action of the cross and the, and, the, and the blood of Jesus. See, there's power in the blood of Jesus. It's blood of Jesus. Given an power in the blood of Jesus. 
There's power in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, to give an analogy, is like, it's like Jesus. To give an analogy, it's like, it's like soap. You know, the people in the world out there, soap. You know, the people in the world out there say, well, if the blood of Jesus is so powerful, why is the world in such a mess? Why is the world in such a mess? You've got to apply. You've got you to apply the soap. You've got to apply. You've got you to gotta apply the soap. You know, you've you got to apply the soap. You know, you've got to apply it. You've got to apply the blood of Jesus into your life to wash you clean. It's one of the, it's one of the analogies Rainer Bonnke shares. He says there's power. If you don't apply the blood of Jesus, don't expect change. Expect change. See, the blood of Jesus is all about change. It's all about setting us free from bondage. Setting us free from bondage. Setting us free from sin. And I want that in my life. And I've seen that in my life. You see, the blood of Jesus, it's like the difference between, remember those old adverts we used to get, you know, where people used to, you know, use Omo instead of surf. And then, (laughs) you know, Remember when you couldn't, you couldn't flip channels and there was only one channel and you had to sit like a moron through these adverts, you know? <laughs> Omo, you know, it washes wider than snow. <laughs> Surf, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> but the blood of Jesus like Omo, man. I'm telling you, you can't get whiter. <laughs> can't get anything that washes you cleaner. <laughs> and guess what? With the blood of Jesus, it's a one-off washing once and for all. Once and for all of all sin. See, there's power in that. There's power in knowing that when we come into Christ, our sin is washed away. It's as if we've never sinned. You know, past, present, and future tense. Sin is washed away. Now, it's not licentiousness. Let me just say this. Grace is not licentiousness. But the power of the gospel is that we are no longer under God's judgment. If we're in Christ, if we're in Christ, our sins are washed away. If we're in Christ, the Father only relates to us as the new creation. Amen. He doesn't relate to us on the basis of sin anymore. Sin has its consequences, but you know what? He doesn't see us as sinful anymore. He does not see us as sinners he sees us as saints. He sees the gold in us. And the blood of Jesus washes us clean from sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. If you keep saying to yourself, I'm a slave to sin, I'm doing this pornography or whatever. And that's one of the most demonic things that has happened in these days, by the way. And the consequences of that is, is, is horrible. But if you say, I cannot help myself, The good news is that that's a lie that Jesus wants to replace with the truth, which says, I am no longer a slave to sin, for I am under grace and not under the law. If you're a slave, you're still under the law. You still think it's about performance. You still think you've got to earn your salvation. It's one of the things the Lord took me out of was self-righteousness. Oh, (laughs) 
I can still get self-righteous now and again. <laughs> if I do that, guys, give me a kick, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> you see, in this Romans 1, 6, it says, I'm not ashamed of this gospel, for in it a righteousness is revealed that is by faith. That word righteousness means right standing. Right standing and being in a right state with God. Okay? It's not what you do, it's what He's done on the cross. The power of the cross has taken you from being a sinner, boom, and put you into the place of a saint, a holy one. Sure. <laughs> Isn't that good news? Whew. Now you do what you identify yourself with. If you identify yourself as a sinner, guess what you do? You sin. If you identify yourself as a saint, you live out righteous holiness in Christ. Yes, we still sin, but it's under the blood. And we're no longer slaves to that sin. So the power of judgment is taken away. God is not gonna judge us for our sin. He's not condemning us for death for our sin. It's taken away on the cross. We are now saints, we are under grace, and we are now righteous. We have a new identity. Amen. We have a new identity. The old is gone, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5, I'm a new creation. God now relates to me through Christ only. When he looks at me, he sees Christ. When he looks at me, he sees purity. When he looks at us, he, he, he sees the wholeness of Christ. Wow, and that is powerful, man. That is the gospel. <laughs> Trouble with us, keep on looking at ourselves. Keep on resurrecting the old man, which was nailed on the cross. Let me say something. You do not have a sin nature any longer. If you have a sin nature, you're not saved. You have a new nature in Christ. You may still sin, and you may still try to resurrect the sinful nature, but let me tell you, it was nailed on the cross. I no longer live, Galatians 2.20, I no longer live. I've been crucified with Christ. Christ now lives in me. My nature now is to do God's work and to do His will. That's my nature. I might not always do it, but that is my nature. It's not my nature to sin. I do not want to sin. Yes, I do sin, but it's not my nature anymore. If it is still your nature, then you need to get saved. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> See, we need to stop being dualistic about things. We need to accept what the Word of God says. See, the power of the gospel is transformation. If there's not transformation, then you have not received the Word of God. See, the power of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and the finished works of the cross leads to a transformed life. And your transformed life leads to a transformed family. Today, salvation has come to you and your family. It's like a virus. Once it infects a family, it starts spreading. <sighs> Amen. Once, once, once I, as the father, had the DNA, boom, my kids start getting that DNA, the DNA of God through me. You must not underestimate that. It says you can sanctify your children. If, even if you have an unbelieving husband, can sanctify your children through what is in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's powerful. And as families get transformed, guess what happens next? Communities get transformed. 
You see, I, for years I ran orphan aid and we used to take food parcels into the valley and da 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 and pay school fees and all this. It was great. We had hundreds of, of, of people. For 14 years I did that. But after a few years, when we first started, realized that if you don't get people saved, you will never change a community. Yes, we're called to show compassion and love and mercy to the oppressed and the poor and the downtrodden. But the ultimate gift we can give them is Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what changes communities and that's what will change Durban. As we get people saved, as we get families transformed, as they then change their communities and the cultures around them. So the city changes. Isaiah says we will rebuild the ancient ruins. We will, we will, we will restore those cities long devastated. See, we're not just here about this church. We're here about transforming Durban. And we say that humbly. But isn't that the vision we want, Richard? Amen. <laughs> There, from, from the main, main man. We want to transform cities by the power of the gospel, our new identity. Oh, so the good news, I'd kind of try to define what I would say to someone is a good, or I would say the good news. The good news is that by grace, we have received faith in the blood of Jesus that has brought us into right standing and relationship with God the Father, and He has given us of His Spirit as a helper. That's, I was just trying to, and, and, and I think it would be good for you to sit down and try in your life to define what the good news is. How can you share the good news if you haven't got a definition of what it is for you? That one minute testimony, we should all be able to share our testimonies in one minute and declare what the good news is. God's grace is good news. And secondly, <laughs> secondly, for some I've only got three points because that's why I've been told when you preach, you only got to have three points, even though if there's 20 points under each. You know. <laughs> so when I write out notes, I write A, B, C, and then you know, 100 points under each. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we have the power of the declared word of the gospel, but we also have the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, you will receive power, oh, when the Spirit comes upon you. Shut up. More, Lord. <laughs> Guys, that word power is dynamite. Dunamis. It's powerful. It's the same word that Nobel took, same Greek word. He took the word dynamis and he, and he called his invention dynamite. What does dynamite do? Dynamite shifts mountains. Dynamite makes the way where there is no way. Dynamite wins wars. We see we have the dynamite of the Holy Spirit upon us. Okay, the Holy Spirit is not a power. It's a, he is a person. But He comes with power. Hey, God's got power for your life. Power for your life. Power of change in each one of our lives. Dunamis. There might be things getting in your way. Take some of the dynamite of the Holy Spirit and poof, blow it up. <laughs> Let it be a Holy Spirit bomb. A joy bomb. <laughs> Joy bombs. <laughs> poof. Let's toss a few joy bombs into poof. Poof. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
(laughs) 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 See, we have divine power within us. So it's not just a power. It is says you have divine power in your Acts 15, 19. You can read it yourselves. Divine power. We are expected to move in what we carry, which is God's divine power. When you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. Sometimes you might need a recharge. Plug, plug yourself in. <laughs> We all feel that. Sometimes we're like, oh, Lord, I feel so down. You know, I've got nothing to give. What a lie. <laughs> Get plugged in, guys. <laughs> Holy Spirit's in you. Never leaves you. Let me just say this. The Holy Spirit is a seal and a guarantee from the Lord. Don't fall to the lie that the Holy Spirit comes and goes. That's old covenant. New covenant, the Spirit of God is permanently in you as a guarantee and a seal of your sonship in Christ. Amen. So I just break that lie. Oh, Holy Spirit, come down. And we need you today. What are you talking about? You're already filled with the Spirit of God. Don't need him to come down. Yes, the power of God can come upon you for ministry. We need that. See, we are instruments of the same resurrection power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Do you know that? Put, put, put your hand on your heart and, and say, I have resurrection power in me. Oh. <laughs> oh, I have fire in me. <laughs> Amen. Jesus said, I baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Woo. <laughs> fire. I can, I can feel that fire now. I can feel the fire, the presence just touching you. If you want some of that fire, just tap in. <laughs> it's, it's right there. You've got to take hold of it. If you want it, it's right there. <laughs> we have power to save the lost. Guys, the harvest is ripe. Let me tell you, people are desperate. People are suicidal. But God wants to bring in the lost. People are on their way to hell. I hate to tell you that. I know there's all this theology going around, there's no hell. That... People are living in hell right now. People are living in hell right now. And you know what? Unless they're saved, they will continue to live in hell even after death. Because the only way out is Jesus. Let me tell you something. God does not want anyone to perish. God is not sending people to hell. People are choosing to live in hell and carry that on at the end of the days. You know, my mother-in-law, if you may remember her, she used to work in a hospice. She used to tell me some people went kicking, screaming, and blaspheming into eternity. How horrendous is that? And you know, she was a powerful woman of God and she would go into the hospices in Holland and tell people and many would be saved, but some of them went into eternity blaspheming God. I don't know about you, but that makes me cry. To think that I and you and all of us here hold the answer. We hold the answer. So we have power to heal the sick. 
Today, when I was standing over there, I just felt a fire coming on, on, my, on my left, on my right leg, uh, from the shin upwards. And I, and I felt the Lord saying that somebody needs to be healed, an ankle injury on, the, on their right leg. Is there, is there someone there now? Somebody? Oh, <laughs> okay, let's just, let's just say hands on. But someone else, someone else is, is battling uh, on, on, the, on, the, on the right side. Okay, at the back there. Let's just, uh, can, can we just go to that lady at the back and just, would you just stand up and just, Lord, we just pray. And on Graham and Daphne, left or right, sometimes like, like me, you know. <laughs> Man, I don't know my left from my right, <laughs> literally. <laughs> ah, fire on them, Lord. So I felt a fire moving up and down my left leg, right leg, sorry. <laughs> Turn around. Okay, it was my left side. <laughs> fire on them, Lord. Just had healing fire. I just felt it. fire going up and down and up and down. Fire, Lord. Fire, fire, fire. Fire of your love. Fire of divine power encounters. Oh, shut up. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we also have power to demolish strongholds. Okay, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, we have divine power with which to demolish strongholds of wrong thinking and arguments that set themselves up against God. You see, out there in the world and even in our own lives, lies, Satan is the father of lies, he's a liar. Satan is a liar and he establishes lies in our thinking. I'm no good, God's punishing me. Oh, what a lie. And we have divine power to demolish those tongues. We can lay hands on people. And we can speak the word of God into people and demolish those strongholds. Amen. And if you've got a stronghold of unworthiness today, if you've got a stronghold of a lie that you're not good enough, if you've got a stronghold of a lie that I'm a slave to sin, those are strongholds. And you know what? Things live inside of strongholds. Strongholds don't exist just to be a stronghold. They exist to protect something. And often those things that live in those strongholds are robbing us of life. They come out the stronghold and they plunder our blessings and they run back in. And that's why we are called to demolish strongholds of wrong thinking. Demonic stuff can live in strongholds. You can be saved. But Ephesians 4, it says, don't give, don't give a foothold to the enemy. Don't give a foothold to Satan. So it has nothing to do with salvation. This has to do with robbery. For the thief comes to rob, can and destroy. And we can demolish strongholds in people's lives. Amen. We have the power to break fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, we have not been given a spirit that makes us, uh, sorry, that's <laughs> Romans 8. <laughs> Same. We haven't got that spirit of fear. It's all timidity, but a spirit of power. Timothy said we have a spirit of power. See, we have divine power to advance the kingdom. See, it's all about the kingdom. It's all about the king. The kingdom is about the king. King Jesus. It's about us being his instruments upon the earth. So we have power. Not about talk. 1 Corinthians 4.20. It's not about talk. It's not about talk, but it's demonstrations of the Spirit's power. 
So when we go, I used to go and evangelize Muslims at Edgewood College. Now, it's not easy. <laughs> First of all, you think you're going to get your throat cut. <laughs> I'm not joking. There's that fear. There's a fear. When I did that, it was at the height of ISIS's uh, kind of stuff where people, be, and then the Lord said to me, go and evangelize Muslims. So I used to go and walk along the beachfront and go up and talk to Muslims and tell them about God. You know what? You cannot argue with a Muslim. They are so prepped against the, uh, against the gospel. But you know what? They cannot deny the power of God. When you lay hands on someone and say, be healed, I want to tell you the argument the strongholds for. So the kingdom of God is not about talk, but it's about power. It's about advancing the kingdom. The kingdom is God's reign and rule. Jesus is reign and rule. Jesus is dominion. We're called to be forceful. Matthew eleven twelve says, forceful men are taking hold of the kingdom. Men and women have taken hold of the kingdom. There's a force. We, we're called to be passionate and forceful and not back down in love to advance the kingdom of God because that's what gets people saved. That's what gets Christ's reward of the cross. Save souls. We're called to subdue rebellion. You know, yes, the devil's defeated, but let me tell you, the devil and his demons are in rebellion against that defeat. Just like after, after World War I, when Hitler was killed, there were still powers going around doing terrible stuff. And, and there was a cleanup operation. We live in those times. And we're not to be afraid of that. So when the, when the kingdom of God comes, there's a power encounter, a power clash against the kingdom of evil. It says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will drive out demons in my name. Matthew 12, 28. Now, I know we don't like to talk about this stuff, but let me tell you something. Jesus' ministry was full of it, full of engaging against demonic powers and saying, go and set people free. Go and set people free. You know, we, we, we're so afraid to engage. But it's because we have unbelief in the power of God in us. We have unbelief in the finished work of the cross. We have unbelief that the devil is defeated and has no rights. The law is nailed on the cross. His rights taken away. You see, in Ephesians 6, when it talks about us, take our stand against spiritual powers. Zuzia, it means power with authority. We're called to do that, people. We're called to save the lost and we're called to plunder hell. Plunder hell. That means we save people. We take the word and we plunder hell. Whew. <laughs> Who wants to do that, man? I want to do that. I want to do that. I want, I want to see people saved. So come, Holy Spirit. Come in power. Come in fire. I want my friend Evan to share. Evan's a good friend of mine. He stays with me. He heads up Awaken in Africa, which is an evangelical organization. We go on mission together. But his t I just want to briefly to share his testimony, okay? <laughs> Catch the hint, okay. And, uh, but it's powerful. And then we just, wanna, we just wanna be praying. We wanna pray for a release of fire. We wanna pray for a release of transformative power. We want to pray for a release of evangelism. By the way, Clive, I believe you have a call on your life as an evangelist. I'm telling you, I, I, and, and, and you need to step up to that. I, I just see you have the power of God in you. 
power of God in you. And the Lord's saying, you know, you know, we were driving down the road the other day, uh, past the taxi rank, and we like both turned to each other almost at the same time and said, we need to be in there sharing the good news. And I want to invite people. I want to invite you young people. Let's, let's get out there on the streets. Let's preach the stuff. Let's make fools of ourselves. <laughs> let's call down the fire of God. Amen. <laughs> you know, I've ministered in the valley for 14 years. I hardly speak a word of Zulu. <laughs> but I saw hundreds of people saved. So you, so you don't have to be equipped in the natural. It's just in the supernatural. We're supernatural people. And this man experienced the supernatural. So I want him to share his testimony of the fire of God coming on his life. And then, and then we want to pray for people. Okay. Thanks, Gary. Hi, everyone. My name's Evan. For those who don't know, some do know. Um, I'm going to try to keep it short. It's so hard. It's, it's, God's done so much in my life. How long? I've got half an hour. <laughs> no, I, I've been strict instructions. Try to keep it under three minutes. Um, nothing is more transformational than meeting with God. I don't know if you have ever had those encounters. I believe God is a God of the moment. It's not just the God of that. He's the God of the big picture, but he's also a God of the moment where he can intervene. You know, and I wasn't always a cool, slick Viking guy um, that, that, that travels the world and preaches the gospel. You know, like five years ago, I was not saved. I've stood on platforms and I've seen God move over a crowd of people. I saw a thousand people just give their lives a year in to, 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 to believing. Within one year of raising my hand and saying, God, yes, I saw God come into my life. He just totally transformed the most hardened and wicked heart. You know, because I grew up in Pofad, if anyone knows where that is, I always ask and I never get a hand. <laughs> Can we get some hands? It's, it's amazing. And God could take someone from Pofad who really made some wrong decisions growing up. You know, when I looked again, I was 18 years old. I'd left school. I was selling drugs. I was involved with prostitution. I was running whorehouses. Sorry for the word. I could have used a better one. But um, it, it was real. It's, it's what happened in my life. I was running diamonds. I, I was totally lost. I put a gun in my mouth twice and tried to take my life. And the gun never went off. And I said, God, if you're real, you need to pitch up. And I put that gun in my mouth and I pulled the trigger and it never went off. I put it to the side of me and I shot that bullet off and I did it again. And I said, this is impossible. Because who knows he's a God of the impossible. And even as I speak now, I can feel faith building in the room for the more that is in God. You know, the day that I met God, I walked into a room in Gillis. Funny enough, if you don't know this, it was a house that Gary built and had put Bibles in the foundations. The little things we do, it, it, it influences big things. I walked into this room one day and, and, and I, I was at the end of myself. I remember walking in and closing the door and the Holy Spirit just fell on me. Out of nowhere, it just came. And, and it was like someone put gas on me, petrol and went and lit it on fire. And I lay there weeping and crying for about half an hour and I had an encounter. I'm not going to go into it. Three days after that encounter, I was walking in the shop and I was praying for people and I saw them flying into T-Rex. I just saw the craziest stuff happening around me. I ran to my car and I started crying. I was like, God, what's happening? Am I even saved? I've never fallen down. I've never seen. I don't even know. And he said, no, it's okay. This is what it means to be a Christian. And I started reading my Bible and in Mark it says, you go and you preach the gospel and then it should be accompanied by a sign. God always backs up what we preach because it's true. So our preaching should always be accompanied by a show of who he is. But we cannot show of God if we've never encountered who he is. 
It is from that deep revelation of who he is and, and what he's done, the transformation in my own heart that I can go out and say, he's real. When I put hands on you, he's coming. Why? Because I've just seen it so many times. I've seen, I've seen people get pulled out of wheelchairs too many times. I've seen dead people raised too many times for you to say that that doesn't happen. It should happen. And, and, and I always meditated. I said, God, and I started teaching on evangelism. I'm a year in and I'm director of the schools of YWAM. Such favor. It's, it's amazing what God does. I'm standing in lecture halls teaching on evangelism and, and, and the gospel that a year ago I didn't even believe in. And I see young people just get it. And I see, I see churches catch fire and start just going into the communities and representing Jesus the way we should. That he is alive, that we can lead people to that encounter. I have this encounter and it changes everything. Just changed everything. And as I'll share one quick testimony what happened. I was a year and a half in and I meet a man in a parking lot. I have a word about depression and suicide. And I remember praying for him and he had a trailer in his car and he was a, he was a worker, like a tradesman. And this thing is lying between the, the trailer and he's shaking, screaming. And I'm just like, fire's on this guy. And, and don't be scared, it's good. Fire's good. It transforms stuff and it shifts and you'll see it transform your community and your home. And he stands there and I, and I pray for him and I say, awesome. I say, so where do you fellowships? He's like, no, I'm a Baptist. And I'm like, this must be awesome for you. This is very different. And he's like, this is very different. Starts praying in tongues and he's like, what is this tongue? Not leading him saying, yeah, but do, but do backwards. Because I don't believe that's how we teach people to pray in tongues. It is a move of God that he teaches us. And this guy has this, so I, I leave him. And about a month later, I'm sharing my testimony at a church and mid-preach, God says, I need you to leave here and go up the road. And I say, sorry, and I quickly wrap up and I leave. And I, w I walk into this, this Baptist church, and he has this guy in the front, busy preaching. And I will come into the back, and I sit down, and I'm like, okay, God, what are you doing? And he walks over to me, and he says, do you have a word for us? And I said, I think I do. What do I have? I don't know what I have. I just know I have Jesus. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, we'll, 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 we'll see what's going to happen. And he See him speak to the elders, and if you've ever seen a Baptist set up, it's like a big platform, and they've got like a whole bunch of people, and he checks, and all the stuff happens, and it comes up, and I remember preaching, but two minutes in, I remember the presence of God came in that room, and I've never ever seen anything like that. You know, revival is God's arrival, <laughs> and what happened is everyone was on the floor. There were people in wheelchairs that started standing up and worshiping God. I saw, I saw young people hanging on the burglar bars, screaming, and I said, God, what's going on? God said, no, those are demons trying to leave. Tell them to leave. And I said, let them go. And these people fell down. And so it's just wild. For the next three hours, we were in the presence of God, so tangible and so thick. So lives transformed. We saw, saw people that were in wheelchairs walk out of that building that night. And it was the most a crazy thing. And that was a year and a half into this journey. And that's what I'm saying. There's no baby Holy Spirit. There was one encounter I had in a room. And I want you to understand that. If we don't go to the man of God for a touch, I think we live in an era where we need to get back to the man, or the God of men. And we need to go and pursue him alone in our rooms and our secret places so that he can manifest out in the open. It's not about going to the next man of God for a touch. Sometimes it's just going in my room, closing the door and saying, Jesus, I actually believe. Come. And I'm not going to talk too much more. And just what we do through Awaken Africa, just two minutes. Because it's amazing. In five months, we've seen 2,200 people give their lives to the Lord through work we've done in churches and, and out in the mission field and stuff. We've documented their contact details so we can make disciples, not just converts. 
So through that work, we've seen 2,200 people in five months give their life to the Lord. It's been an amazing time, and we just want to see more. Amen. Amen. So so I want to uh, just ask God to just pour out that fire. (laughs) And maybe you... Maybe you've, a thirst has been stirred up, stirred up in you. If you, if you just want, let's just, just stand. Let's just, if, you, if you want some of what you've heard about. And if you, if you want to come to the front, come to the front. And then we just, we're just going to pray. Just come to the front and just, if you feel a call as an evangelist, just especially, just, just come and stand on the left over here. Um, because I, I, I want Evan just to, to pray over you. So if you, if you feel an evangelistic call, if you're saying, I need to go to the nations, I need to go to the communities. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just come, Holy Spirit. I just sense there's a lot of people here that actually want to go to the nations. But it starts in going first in Jerusalem. First going in this community. Oh. <laughs> then in Judea. Then in, in your Durban. Then in Samaria, cross-cultural. And then to the ends of the earth. So Lord, I just want to release right now. Release in the name of Jesus. <laughs> That fire. <laughs> More, Lord. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Just receive it. More. <laughs> More, Lord. Fire. Just fire now. Just fire. Fire and open doors. Open doors. Open doors. Open doors. More, Lord. More. Fire. Fire in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.